was better, the podcast that aims to answer the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie. I'm your host, Lisa, and today's episode is a very special Valentine's one for all you lovers out there. <laughs> lovers of chocolate, that is. Yes, my friends, we are covering Sweeter Than Chocolate, Hallmark Publishing's last published novel. It's a bittersweet day, y'all, but this is this is exactly why I wanted to cover this book here on the old podcast, you know, a sort of farewell to Hallmark Publishing. I really loved what they were doing over there and the direction it was heading. So I'm, you know, I'm sad to see it end. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, I do have a bonus episode on this. It's called End of an Era, where I talk about Hallmark Publishing closing its doors. And I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. But yeah, um, this is the last book to come out from that that whole publishing house. So of course I wanted to cover it. and it's chocolate and I love Lizzie Shane. So yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk chocolate. As always, I'm going to give you a summary of the book and then the movie and we'll talk some basics, things I'm glad the movie added, things that missed the mark for me, scenes not in the movie that I missed and things in the movie that I'd rather forget. And then of course, which was better. So if you haven't read the book yet, let me give you all the details. Sweeter Than Chocolate was written by Lizzie Shane who, side note, wrote one of my favorite Hallmark publishing Christmas books ever, A Royal Christmas Wish. And that also features magic. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. But Sweeter Than Chocolate was published January 17th of this year. And as I mentioned before, it was the last of Hallmark publishing. The summary is, Lucy's Chocolate Shop, How Sweet It Is, has been in her family for generations, along with a secret recipe for Cupid chocolates. Rumor has it that if you eat one on February 14th, you'll meet your soulmate. Lucy herself isn't sure if it's magic or just romantic optimism, but a family legend is at stake. Besides, with her grandmother to support and a rival bakery opening up across the street, it certainly doesn't hurt to believe. Dean, an ambitious and skeptical TV reporter, doesn't like the idea of a business taking advantage of romantic desperation. He doesn't count on Lucy joining him as he tracks down the interviews the couple supposedly brought together by the chocolates. Together, they find that the truth can be complicated, especially when it comes to their own hearts. Oh, okay. So y'all, I actually got an early copy of this book to review, but I saw that it was also going to be one of their, um, one of Hallmark, you know, February movies. And so I held off. I didn't want to review it because I was like, oh, I want to talk about it on the podcast. So because of that, let me just chat about this book real quick. Now, I am a sucker for angst. I love it. Low angst, high angst, any angst I'm in. That's all you have to say to me, that people are pining, that they're fighting their feelings. I'm in. It doesn't matter. And that this book has it in spades. Like (laughs) Lucy, my girl, she knows pretty early on that she's too attracted to this guy and he makes it to Dean and he makes it very clear that he wants no part of love. He is super cynical, just very like, nope, I work. I want to be an anchor and that's it. And so the whole time she's like feeling these, well, not the whole time, but when she starts realizing she's feeling feelings for them, she's fighting them because she's like, he's made it very clear. He doesn't want this. And so there's always that push and pull there. And Dean, oh my gosh, (laughs) he's so obsessed with her. (laughs) He's constantly staring at her and looking at her and being like enchanted by her. And he gives her these like feelings of like warmth and home and It takes him ages to figure out why, like so many, what's going on here thoughts and why am I feeling this way? Love, my dude, you're in love. It's not heartburn, you're in love. But we get pages and pages of them. And I know some people don't like that. They don't like the slow burn. They just want to get to it. But y'all, I love it. I love some good pining. 
So I was very much into this book. Plus, they are both desperate to maintain order and control in their lives. And so as a type A person, I see everything about them. And I'm like, is this is this me in two parts? Because yes, Lucy is like this because she finally has the stability that she's always craved and doesn't want to lose it by tempting fate with her shop. She thinks that if her shop gets too popular and the Cupids become known, like capital K known, it will unleash this like curse that these magic chocolates come with and she will lose everything. So she works and leaves nothing to chance, not even relationships. She just works. Dean is super proud to be in control, super proud to be a cynic. Like his eagle eye is constantly searching for people's hidden agendas. Hi, hello, me. And he will never be tricked or played by anyone. He's like never going to happen, especially when it comes to like anybody that makes him feel feelings. So again, I'm Dean and Dean is me. So I very much identified with both of these people. (laughs) Another thing I really loved about this book is it's a small town and I love small town stories for the reason that communities show up for each other. People coming together to support their own and they do so for Lucy like big time. This book also had a lot of diversity. There was a lot of representation going on and I'm always here for that 100%. So, you know, this story could have very easily slipped into a whole save the shop kind of thing. Like Lucy's chocolate shop is on the brink of failure and we have to save it. But it didn't. You know, on the surface, that's what we're told. We're told, you know, Lucy's wanting to preserve her family's legacy and keep the chocolate shop open. And Dean is trying to secure his dream job of being a morning anchor for the news channel that he works for. But in the end, it's about them taking chances. You know, we're reminded over and over again throughout this story of these Cupid chocolates, right? They're supposed to make you fall in love. You eat one, you see your true love, bam. But we're also reminded throughout the story that neither Lucy or Dean have eaten these chocolates. Lucy's been making them for years and she's never had one. And Dean, of course, is like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. So we're reminded of them, you know, not eating these chocolates over and over again. But of course, the Cupids are a symbol. They're a symbol of bravery. They're a symbol of finally taking a chance. And so, spoiler alert, when they eat the Cupids, it's because they've learned to loosen up and they've taken that leap and they take the leap by eating the chocolate. And it's very sweet. And I love it. So, yes, this is a perfect Valentine's read. It's very sweet. It's, you know, Hallmark, so it's G-rated. So if you're going in there for some steam, you're not going to get it. But there's still a lot of UST, which unresolved sexual tension. There's a lot of touching, a lot of almost kisses, a lot of long lingering embraces. So it's good. There you go. All right. So let's talk movie. The movie premiered February 4th of this year as part of Hallmark Channel's Love You Wary lineup. Love You Wary. Yeah. I'm going to need Hallmark to settle down with these seasonal names. Love you, Ari. If you say it real fast, though, <laughs> thought about this earlier. I was like, if you say it real fast, it sounds like love you, Larry. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. y'all. I'm sorry to digress. But like that scene in Fletch where he goes, love your body, Larry. So maybe it's not that bad. But anyways, the movie stars Eloise Mumford as Lucy Sweet and Dan Janot as Dean Chase. And the summary is as follows. A local chocolatier is rumored to have the secret recipe to finding true love on February 14th drawing in a TV reporter to investigate. That's it. That's all we get. Okay, so generally speaking, this movie does a lot to soften the sharper edges of this book. But, you know, like I said before, this is a Hallmark book. It's all very G-rated. I will tell you, though, I straight up cried twice during the movie. (laughs) 
So let's let's hit off with the basics first, okay? They're immediately, right off the bat, first scene, character changes. They show her and her grandfather in a kitchen teaching her how to make chocolates, and it's very sweet, and it's very cute, and it's very wrong. <laughs> uh, in the book, it is her great-grandmother, Gigi, which, honestly, I was kind of annoyed. I was like, why not just leave it Gigi? Why do we have to make this a man? But whatever. And... Again, her immediately right off the bat, it shows her and her mom very warm, very cozy, laughing, just being like, oh, we're we're in the shop together. We're running. It's our family business. Absolutely not. In the book, it's Nana Etta. And I'm kind of disappointed that she's not in the movie because she is one of my favorite characters in the book. She's feisty and supportive and gives the best advice towards the end of the book when Lucy needs it most. And yes, her, you know, her mom is in the book, but she's very absent and her absence and her constant needs for change, hence why she's always absent, is a huge reason why Lucy is so adverse to change and why the shop means so much to her. It was her sanctuary. It was where she went for stability. And it's why she's holding on to it for dear life and doesn't want any change. So her mom is all of a sudden now her big supporter and there with her is a big change. I mean, I think it works in the end, but it's it really takes away part of Lucy's whole character of why she's so cautious and why she's so careful. Speaking of the shop, though, the shop in the movie is so cute. It really is like what I kind of pictured in my head. They do change the colors, which in the end, that's not big of a deal. It's red in the book. It's purple in the movie. Eh, doesn't matter. But one big change from the shop is that Lucy does not live above the shop. In the book, she does. She lives in the little apartment above the shop. And so does Nana Etta. And it's like this whole sanctuary. That's where she's, that's where she goes. It's where she feels safe. And she doesn't want to risk any of it. So let's jump to casting. Initially... I'm going to be honest, from the poster, I really wasn't feeling it. You know, after reading this book and seeing the poster, I was like, Eloise Mumford and Dan Janot. I was like, okay. But to be fair, in Dan's case here, I honestly kept seeing Steve Kornacki in my head (laughs) when I was reading this as the news guy. I know it doesn't make sense, but that's who I kept picturing. I kept picturing Steve Kornacki running around trying to get the scoop on chocolates. Um, but after watching the movie, I, I think they were great. Eloise has that wide eyed, hopeful look about her that speaks Lucy to me. Like after seeing her on screen, I'm like, yes, this is Lucy. And Dan, he pretty much nailed that charming. I'm on TV. Let me smile at you. And <laughs> his reporter voice which is a a thing in the book that they talk about was perfection. I pretty much laughed out loud when he was using that voice during his TV spots. (laughs) The other two people that were cast that I thought were perfect were her best friend, which in the book, her name is Lena. And in the movie, she's Serena, but she's exactly how I pictured in her in the book. And I loved it. And the other person was Nora, Dean's boss, 10 out of 10, no notes, loved her. I thought she did a great job. Okay, so let's talk about things that that I'm glad that the movie added. In the book, Dean is never up for anything but the morning anchor job. He wants it badly. Like, I think there's, I mean, I'm trying to think back because it has been a while since I've read it, but I feel like maybe he thought that that would be a jumping off point eventually to go national. But at this point, he's like, I really want the morning anchor job. It'll keep me close to here. My sister's here. 
Um, he's very close to his sister, which we'll get to that in a minute. And that's pretty much it. There's no job for New York City. There's no like him trying to get Nora to give him, you know, leg up for another position somewhere else. So in the movie, when he finally goes to New York City for his interview and he comes, you know, or when he's thinking about it and he's talking to Lucy on the bench and he's wondering, he's like, is he making the right call? He has, he's nervous. He's like, I don't know. I feel like I should be here. I'm torn. And I loved it. Normally it's the reverse. Normally it's the, you know, the female lead that is struggling about, should I stay here? Should I take the job? You know, this is what I've been working for, but now my heart is here. You know, it's all of that. And there's a great part in the book that talks about how, you know, I think it's Dean that says my dream hasn't necessarily changed. It's just expanded, you know, to include Lucy. (laughs) So I really like this scene. It was, you know, it was different. And of course, I would have loved to seen Dean say that to her. But I I like that he was the one that was like apprehensive and he was the one questioning everything I I just really like that. I like that was, you know, it was Lucy that was trying to talk him down and saying it's going to be okay. So yeah, that worked for me. Another thing I loved in the movie were all the couple flashbacks. That was so fun. Like seeing when the couples talked about their stories, seeing them, you know, with that little gauzy overlay, I just thought it was really cute and I loved it. So I I thought that was fun. And speaking of couple stories, her mom's story, Lucy's mom's story on camera, tears. I mean, that was so moving. It absolutely does not happen in the book at all. But what a just amazing scene. And Brenda Strong, I mean, I love her. I just I just really, really enjoyed that scene. So I'm glad that that was in the movie. The last thing that was very different in the movie from the book, but I actually like it better in the movie was the end scene where they both eat the Cupid chocolates. So we're at the end of the movie here, right? You, you're you swelling up for this dramatic, you know, declaration and it's the love and they're all going to say they love each other and hopefully kiss, you know, it's, they're going to show each other the bravery by eating the chocolate. So of course you don't want any last minute whoopsie daisies because in the book, <laughs> Dean actually sneaks like he tells her it's it's become a symbol. I'm going to eat this chocolate and I'm going to, this is how I'm going to show her that I'm ready to explore love and that I want to be with her. And he sneaks another one into this box that they have reserved for his live air segment. And he makes sure there's a second one in there. So that way she can do it too. He's going to ask her, will you eat one with me? And it's going to be this really great moment, right? It doesn't turn out that way at all. There's a big mistake. They run out, they're missing Nana Etta has to run out and find some more because they're all sold out. I mean, it's it's (laughs) like they go down to the wire on this. And so it absolutely would not have worked in the movie because at that moment, you just want to get to the the declaration and the kiss. So, of course, you don't want to throw any more wrenches in the pile. So I really liked the way that worked just on that face, like the fact alone. But the fact that she presents him with two, like he just in the movie, he's just standing there thinking, okay, I'm going to eat this chocolate. I'm ready to tell her I love her. I'm ready to do all this. But then when he looks down on that tray and he sees two and he's like, two. And she's like, yes, I want to eat one too. Because again, this whole time they've been reluctant to try him. And when it's her choice and she surprises him with the second one, I loved it. I did. I cried a little bit. So there you go. I thought it was a very, very sweet ending. And I thought it was worked really well. So now that we've got all the, the, good stuff out. (laughs) Let's talk about the things that weren't so great. Things that missed the mark for me. 
the biggest one for me was Lucy's meltdown. So in the movie, we see, you know, she's very overwhelmed. Too many orders. Georgie's out taking her grandfather to the doctor. Her, she walks into the shop. Her mom is flustered trying to get all these orders out. Um, she just found out that Serena and Tyler have broken up, all of this. And so she's overwhelmed and she starts yelling everybody out and she's like, stores closed and she kicks everybody out. <laughs> that doesn't happen in the book. In the book, she thinks it's a curse. Okay. So they don't really highlight it in the movie so much, but in the book, her making the Cupid chocolates is a legacy in their family. It's magic, but it can also turn on them. Her great grandmother, Gigi, was like very specific, like, don't sell these. Don't advertise them. This is a family thing only. And if you break that, the curse is going to get you. They won't work anymore. And so Lucy's been very, very like, I don't know. We shouldn't be selling these like this. We shouldn't be advertising all this news and like all these features are really like freaking her out because she thinks the curse is coming. And in the book, it does. At least she thinks it does. She thinks it's the curse that broke Lena and Tyler up. And there's also this side story that we don't get in the movie where there's a other reporter trying to do a hit piece on her and that comes out and all that together, she like absolutely does have a meltdown. It's after hours though. And she just kind of kind of falls down into her kitchen and sits there like paralyzed with indecision. And it's so painful. And we hear her entire thought process of like, what should I do now? Should I cancel all these orders? Should I close the shop? Like, it's all very, very painful, which of course would have been terrible on screen. Who wants to watch a woman just sitting there in her own thoughts, trying to think it through in her brain? So I get the, I get the need for dramatics, even if I thought her kicking everybody out of the shop was a bit bizarre. But when we change that scene and we don't see her going through this, we and we don't see her in the kitchen after hours having this panic attack, we lose these other moments from the book. They were very powerful. And the first one is this really beautiful scene with Nana Etta. She comes in, she's very gentle with her. She's like, so you've seen the story. And Lucy, you know, she's she's very confused. She's very upset. And Nana Etta is like, listen, it's okay if we lose the shop. And of course, Lucy's like, what? And she's like, the legacy lives within you. All we've ever wanted was just for you to be happy. And the fact that you took over the shop and that you love it this much is wonderful. But we also love you and want you to have a life. And if this is going to ruin your life, of course, we don't want you to choose the shop. It's just, it's a very beautiful, moving moment where Nana Etta comes in, you know, at the perfect time and just gives her all this love and support. And and yeah, we don't get that. She's in this kitchen for a while, y'all. And so while she's doing that, Dean is out trying to fix everything. In the book, he might be the reason why Tyler and, and Lena broke up, not the curse. So he's trying to go fix it, which I'll get to that scene in a minute. So he comes back because at this point, he's all Dean's been all over town trying to fix it. He knows that she's melting down and he's been all over town trying to fix it because he just can't bear to see her like this. He's so upset that she's sad. He's so upset that the hope in her eyes is gone. He's just like beside himself. So he's going around. And he comes back with all these revelations in his mind, like, I love her. Like, this is happening. I, I'm ready to, to do this. I'm ready to jump without a parachute, all of it. And he goes into the shop and she thinks somebody's breaking in. And they like literally run into each other and she starts screaming because she thinks someone's like attacking her. It's actually very funny. And so we miss that. And then we also miss Dean's almost declaration because there's there's a very, very sweet moment where she's like, what are you doing here? And they talk it out. And yeah, he says a lot of things and it's very swoony. And then the town, like in the movie, the town comes to help her. And that's the same 
But in the movie, it's like her mom facilitates all that. Or in the book, it's Dean. Dean gets everybody together and says, hey, we got to help out Lucy because we all love her. And, you know, the, and the town comes together. They all show up and it's great. You know, you learn all about these town members earlier in the book when they're doing all these interviews. And so all of their personalities come out and how they help her. And it's really fun. And I loved it. So we, we miss. Yeah, we see them helping. We get a great montage and it's cute, but we miss a lot of the details of it, which, again, I get it. It's a movie. You've got two hours, but with commercials, you're probably looking at an hour and 40 minutes. You got to cut some stuff out. But I'm sad that it wasn't in there. Okay, the last thing that was in the book and in the movie, but missed it for me was the dance. Now, the dance in the movie was was cute. It was funny. They're at an event for Dean's job and they end up dancing. And y'all, Eloise Mumford in that red dress. Hello. Yes, she was amazing in that dress. But the dance in the book, y'all. It is not public. It is in the kitchen. It is just the two of them. And there's some like French jazz playing in the background. And it is a moment. Yeah, that would have been amazing to see on screen like that. I mean, this works too. It's cute, especially at the end when they realized they're the last two dancing there. That was cute. And they were like, I guess we should go home. But the one in the in the book. Yeah, it was really good. Okay, so let's get to things not in the movie that I very much missed. The largest of all is Georgie. Yeah, she's in the movie for about five seconds and her character is reduced to an IT person. In the book, she's Dean's sister and she plays a huge role in lightening him up and getting him to realize how he feels about Lucy because this movie takes Dean and kind of softens him up. Like, yes, he's... He questions and he's skeptical in the movie and but it's all very charming where in the movie, I mean, I'm sorry, in the book, he is straight up a cynic like he is very proud of it. And him and Lucy, they constantly fight about love. They are back and forth, like in car rides to these interviews in the shop in various places, just fighting about love. There's a lot of them. And like a lot of these scenes where he's just really trying to change her mind and see how ridiculous the whole idea of the Cupids are. And she's trying to change his mind being like, there's nothing wrong with a little hope. And he's very harsh in some scenes, not terrible where you're like, oh my God, this guy's a jerk. He's just very blunt. And so this, this movie really softens him up. Okay. But in the book, Dean's sister plays a huge part in getting him to realize like, hey, lighten up a little bit. And hey, you're in love with Lucy. (laughs) And that scene when he realizes it between him and his sister is so cute. And I really wish that would have been in the movie because it was really, really cute. But he's he's very overprotective of her. She's actually working to get like she's a student. She's working to get her Ph.D. in something sciencey. I honestly don't remember. I don't even know if they say it, but it's it's very scientific. And Dean is upset that he finds out that she's working there. He's like, uh, all your time is supposed to be studying. And his sister's like, no, I mean, I need the break. My brain needs a break. I love being here because it's so different. And it gives me a chance to get away from studying. It actually is helpful. And despite her scientific background, she loves the idea of the Cupids. She believes in them. She's like, oh, I want to do this. And her brother, like Dean is like, what? Seriously? How are you like believing in this? And again, she just really helps him to realize not everything has to be black and white. And y'all, she has her own Cupid moment in the book. And it's so freaking cute. I was legit like 
squeeing like <laughs> while I was reading it. And we didn't get one single second of it in the movie. Oh, if y'all have any interest in this book at all, read it for this alone because she is so stinking cute. And I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay, so earlier I spoke about Lucy's missing mom in the book. And I don't want to ruin the moment if y'all do read this. But her mom does show up. Lucy refers to her many times like, I wish I could talk to my mom. I wish my mom was here. I wish I could get her advice. And so in the book, she does show up. And I cried. Like I was actually like hardcore crying when she shows up because it was so unexpected and I lost it. And we don't get that in the movie. I get it. You have to combine characters. You have to make it a tight movie here. But it was so like it was so touching. So also someone else who has role was changed was Tyler. His movie, his role in the movie is also reduced because in the book, (laughs) you know, he's like Silent Bob. (laughs) He's like Silent Bob coming in at the 11th hour to like save the day with his sage advice. And everyone like looks at him like, whoa, he talks. Hey, (laughs) because for seriously, like a good 75% of the book, I legit kept thinking like this Tyler guy is so flat. Like this character is, is given nothing, like no lines. He's only there to be Lena's fiance like he's only ever really referred to and he just responds and like nods and like mm -hmm, or smiles and when they're like after they break up and Dean is upset because he thinks he had a hand in it he goes to Tyler's house to try and fix it (laughs) and I love this scene (laughs) he goes to his house to try and fix it and Tyler opens the door and he's very calm and collects. He's like, oh, hey, what's going on? And Dean is kind of mad. He's like, how is this guy not upset that he just broke up with his fiance? Like, how is he not upset? Well, again, I don't want to ruin it for you, but Tyler busts out this really calm and collected, like long speech about him and Lena and love. And <laughs> I was beside myself. I legit yelled, Tyler, silent Bob. <laughs> And that would have been really fun to see on screen if they would have made him like this, like silent character and just all of a sudden bust out with this really sage advice at the end. So the last thing that was not in the movie that I missed, and this is a, this is a small thing, because, again, I loved the ending. I really did. I thought the ending of the movie was really, really well done. But in the book, part of the end scene in the live feed is Lena rushes in with some flowers for Lucy. And of course, they're from Dean. And he writes something on the card that she reads. Again, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but I legit gasped when I read it. It was so sweet. It was such a perfect moment. And we didn't get it. So that's okay. It it works better in the book, I think. But still, I'm just going to say, read this book. Okay. So things that I could have lived without in the movie, only one. There's only one small thing. And that was her ex. That was Lucy's ex showing up. That scene was so, (laughs) it felt like it was shoved in there. We didn't really need it. And I get that it's to show that she's all about like, you know, work, work, work. But he's barely mentioned in the book, you know, and it really isn't that big of a deal that they broke up. I don't even think she was running the shop when they dated. But anyways, to me... Dean's ex and that whole story, it was a lot more interesting. And honestly, 
that whole thing gives us a lot more insight into why he thinks marriage is a sham. You know, in the movie, he does go on to say like his parents divorced and remarried and divorced and remarried and divorced. And so, of course, he's jaded about the whole thing. But then coupled with his ex-girlfriend's story, yeah, you see why he's kind of a jerk about it. (laughs) And he is in the book. Oh, my gosh. He puts his foot in his mouth so many times when it comes to marriage and relationships. Oh, this guy. So after all that, which was better? I mean, it should come as no surprise, but the book, hands down. Not to say that the movie wasn't charming and I didn't enjoy it because I really did. I, 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 I loved it. I thought it was a great companion to the book, but it just, for me, it just skipped over too many moments that I thought made the book. And in all honesty, we get so little of watching Dean go through the change of like, professional cynic to, you know, believer in love. We don't even really hear his whole jaded version until like halfway through the movie, I think. We really get none of his backstory until way into the movie. So yeah, I gotta go with the book on this one. So that's it, y'all. We did it. Sweeter than chocolate. Did you read this book yet or watch the movie? What did you think? Let me know your thoughts over on Instagram at which was better or email me at Lisa at whichwasbetter.com. I would love to hear what you guys thought about this. And if you haven't read the book and you were interested, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes because I want y'all to read it. I loved it. And what better day than to grab it on Valentine's Day? So there you go. And also in the show notes, I will include a link to our website, which was better.com, where you can find all previous podcast episodes along with book reviews, other bookish posts, and the ability to sign up for my monthly newsletter where I send out recaps, reviews, and book recs to add to your TBR. All right, y'all. So that's it. Thank you guys for listening and sharing. And you guys, y'all blew me away with your Twilight response. I loved it. The messages and the emails. I, it was so fun. I'm so stoked to be back in that world again. So new moon is coming out. Let's see. I'm going to do that episode should be coming out February 24th. So if you want to try and read that so that or watch it so we can, you know, go through it together, that'd be fun. And so again, as always, thank you for listening and sharing and commenting and sending me your messages. I absolutely love them. So, all right, y'all. See you next time. Bye.